0: good afternoon and welcome to another episode of the transformational coaching podcast i'm your host brandon hyman coming to you live it's friday april 14th 2 p.m uh it's a special spring break friday free for all edition of the transformational coaching podcast thank you to everybody who's giving us a couple minutes of your time to listen to what we have to say today um been a good week for me uh Finally, you know, I'm going into the last week of training. It starts next week with my job uh, at Novartis, so I'm excited about that. But these last couple weeks are packed full of product training and everything else. So I'm preparing for oral boards next week, Well, what, or what they call verbal assessment now, um, where I've got to display all my knowledge that I've learned over the last three months of training so that'll be fun but that's why you guys haven't heard from me this week i've been busy preparing for that uh we had a spring break tournament this week as well and i'll give you an update on all that but um the main reason for the podcast today and it is truly going to be a free for all i don't have any notes for this but uh, i feel like you know my wife told me i've been being slack because i haven't she said you're you're quitting because this thing's not taking off as quickly as you wanted to and it's a that couldn't be farther from the truth um i just literally have been busy as crap and I, I see now how people who have a couple jobs also try to do podcasting and websites and all that other stuff i i see how it's like a big thing on time management uh like you have to be Committed to time management, you have to have yourself scheduled out, like, you know, and it, it's a lot, and uh, it's something I'm going to get better at as we go. I feel like time management's always been a, a thing that I've been really good at, but here over the last couple of weeks, I realized like, it's kind of hard when you're working, coaching, parenting, husbanding, um, podcasting, website building, and all that. So, as we continue to progress through this, we're going to get better at it. I keep saying we, um... I probably should say I because this is, you know, it's a one-man show as far as that goes. But, anyways, so, uh, yeah, so let's just jump into the podcast. Um, I'll start off by giving my usual Bruin update. Um, this moment of the season, this is what we spend all of our time preparing for. This is my favorite time of the year. Uh, our Bruins, our varsity Bruins are currently <clears> – <throat> Are currently sixteen and four. Uh, we've got a massive week coming up this week. We play West Florence, our crosstown rival, the Nasty Knights, Coach Josh Brown's squad from across town. Um, I need to look and see: Are we there on Tuesday and our place on Friday? I hope that's the case. Nope, we are at home on Tuesday, six thirty, uh, at West Florence on Friday at six thirty. It's always a good environment uh, when these two teams get together. And and we're playing for a lot. So, if we split the series or sweep the series, we lock into the uh, number two spot in our region for the state playoffs, which gives us the number five seed overall in the lower state. Um, if West Florence sweeps us, things get real hectic and, like, We're locked into the playoffs, but we could end up number three. It's it's kind of crazy. So, point being, uh, a sweep locks up number two. A split locks up number two. But we want to sweep them because we – I think in my time at – actually, in all my time at South Lawrence as a coach, we've never lost a West on the varsity level. So, hope to keep that streak going. As a player, I lost a West one time. Uh, We went seven and one that – one loss being my the last game we played on my senior year. Uh, Cody Rich went off that game, hit like three bombs. I mean, it was crazy. It was the first time they had beat us in four years. So, uh, we want to keep the positive momentum going here. Um, going into the playoffs, we just had a big spring break tournament. Went down and played at the Founders. Uh, or the Federal Credit, what is Founder No, Federal Credit Union Founders Challenge. And Sherrods, a tournament coach David Byrd puts on, always does a great job there. Uh, went four and and0 oh, uh, four shutouts. So uh, did a lot of things well, swung the bat well, um, pitched extremely well. I think McCleary went out the first first night, threw a one hitter. Palmer struck out 15 of 15 possible outs the next day. Uh, Weagles uh, continued his great job on the mound the following day. And then Luke Miller, uh, did a great job fight with Braden Robinson in relief on the championship day. So, uh, just a lot to be real excited about there. Uh, I thought we played great defense all week. Um, I'll tell you, like, we've got a lot of guys who do a lot of really good things defensively, but, you know, Hunter Matthews is a guy, when you watch Hunter Matthews play shortstop, it's like, you know, it's like butter, man. I mean, it's just smooth, it's crisp. Uh, That dude can play, and he's batting close to four hundred for us. Um, He's a blue-collar kid. He gets after, he's a great leader, Um, and we got to find that dude at home next year. We've been working... You know, behind the scenes for, for a couple of years now to try to find somebody to give that guy an opportunity because he's earned it. Um, so, you know, if you're in need uh, of a middle infield guy, he plays shortstop for us. He can play, actually, you know, he could play second base or shortstop at the next level. Um, high on base percentage guy, uh, you know, but a defense first guy. In my opinion, at a college, Obi's a defense first guy. You can run him out there and. And uh, he's going to develop as a hitter, continue to develop as a hitter. Great base runner. Does a lot of really good things well. And then let's talk because he's a local guy. He's he's blue collar. He represents everything great from a, from a high school baseball standpoint. He deserves an opportunity to play at the next level. Somebody somewhere has a need for a middle infielder, and he checks a lot of those boxes. So uh, if you're listening, if you're a college coach, you know somebody who's a college coach who uh, has a need there, Send him my way. Um, we're obviously going to continue to reach out to people as well to try to find that dude at home because he's earned it. So uh, I just want to give him a shout out because, I, again, I, when you look at the natural progression of these guys over the course of their high school careers, that's a kid who uh, the defense has always been solid, uh, he's always made the tough plays look easy at times he struggled making the easy plays look easy but he took that next step this year uh, and has really just done a phenomenal job there's no doubt when you watch us play defense like that dude's got he does a great job up the middle so kudos to Hunter Matthews for that uh, he's a 2023 we're going to you know we're going to miss that guy next year um it's going to be a big spot for us to fill so uh i just want to give that shout out i mean we're doing a lot of other things really well um but that's a guy who definitely has earned earned a uh, earned a shout-out. So our guys left and uh, headed to the beach following that game or wherever they were going. Uh, that's always a nervous time for coaches. I think coaches can attest to it. A lot of teams leave to go to spring break, and when they come back, their team looks drastically different, unfortunately. Um, so as coaches, this is always an uncomfortable time of year for us, not because we got bad kids. We've got great kids, um, but – you just in the world that we live in um you know unfortunately like young kids make bad decisions sometimes and sometimes kids are in the wrong place at the wrong time and bad stuff happens so it's always time i think any high school college coach in the country can attest to you always spend time worrying so i'll be really thankful on saturday when we get confirmation that all, all of our guys are back and and at home and and everything's good so if you guys happen to listen to this, which I don't anticipate you'd be listening to, Coach Hyman talk on a podcast on your spring break, but be safe, have fun, represent the name on the front of the jersey, uh, and represent your families the right way. So uh, that's that. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Kind of the way things are trending from a playoff standpoint. I mean, if the playoffs if the playoffs started today, we would find ourselves in a bracket with AC Flora, which it's a, that's a big thing for me because I got a tremendous amount of respect for Coach Andy Hallett and what they do with their program. So, you know, AC Flora used to be in the upstate. Uh, they swap spots with Airport, who's also a great program, uh, Coach Casey down there. Um, but, you know, so this is the first time they've ever been in the lower state with us. So, you know, it used to be if you saw A.C. floor, it meant you had a really good season because you were playing the state championship. Um, now you get A.C. floor. If if things continue the way we're going, we'll get a have an opportunity, hopefully, to play A.C. floor, which would be nice um, right there in the playoffs. So, But that's how things are trending. Um, and We're looking forward to it. I mean, it, you know, playoff baseball – I get frustrated because I, I think, and, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna complain for a second. I think there's a disconnect in this world, and, and I'm not just talking about South Florence. I'm talking about just high school baseball in general. Uh, there was some people arguing online a while back, and they were talking about you know a coach who had been with a program for twenty plus years and they were kind of trying to justify their argument of saying he was a shit coach by saying well he hadn't won a state championship yet. And like let me spell this out for some of y'all who don't have any idea how high school baseball works. And I mean there's people in administration, there's people on coaching staffs who believe this. When you're striving when you're striving for excellence, the goal is to win a state championship. Like if I was building a program right now, let's say I was a head coach somewhere, yeah, athletically, our job's to win state championships. Like that's what we want to do. We want to we want to build the premier baseball program in whatever area you're coaching in. You want to build a program that when you know people have options on where they want to go to school and stuff like that. You want to build the program that people say, "Hey, I love what that school does academically. I love what that that school does on the baseball field. I love what those coaches do to build great young men. I've got options. I'm sending my kid there." Like if I ever have an opportunity to be a head coach somewhere, that's gonna be the three things that I pride that I build my program on. Uh that's it. Um so yes, at the end of your career people are gonna to wanna to know how many state championships did you win. But sports like football and baseball are totally different, and I'll explain why. And there's there's a massive disconnect about this. When you play a sport like baseball you don't get to run your star quarterback out every night of the week. Right? Um state champions in baseball rarely is it the team sometimes it works out this way, but sometimes it rarely is it the same the team that on paper is the best team. Uh, the best program, the most D one guys, the most college athlete. Rarely does that happen. And the reason it doesn't happen in baseball is because Baseball season comes down to 10 games in the month of May. And in those 10 games, you got to get the right breaks, the right calls. You have to have the right version of your team playing. You got to get a little lucky sometimes. It is what it is. Like, people don't like to hear that, but it's true. I mean, AC Florida last year was one of the best programs in the state, in my opinion. Um, They got booted by Eastside in the lower state championship. Okay, I thought we were one of the better programs in the state last year. We got booted in the district championship because we got in a bracket with Airport, who was equally as good as us. Yet there were other teams that ended up in brackets where, you know, maybe they were a fourth-place finisher and played another fourth-place finisher and a third-place finisher and also found the Southern District Championship. That happens. It's all about getting hot at the right time. In 2007 – uh, we went down and played Wando. We were 15-15 and 15 for the year. We were 500 team. We were good. We played in a tough region, but we, we shouldn't have been on the same field as the Wando team that we beat uh, twice that year. They're nationally ranked. We beat them twice, won the district championship. It was the last district championship, won at South Florence. Um, and we went on to play for a lower state that year. And we were not the most talented team, but we got hot at the right time. Every game we won and lost by we lost and won by one run that entire playoff run. Um, and we caught a lot of good breaks. And that doesn't take away anything from what we accomplished. It just showcases and highlights the fact that like baseball's different than other sports. Uh yeah, if we could run Aiden Palmer, Luke Miller, Dylan Weagle out every single game, every single time out, yeah, we probably wouldn't lose many baseball games ever. But it's not the way it works. Um So, it frustrates me sometimes when you get these people who say things like, well, what's missing from y'all's program? Y'all got great players. Like, is it a coaching thing? Like, no, dumbass. It's high school baseball, okay? And in high school baseball, like, you know, you don't get to run your five-star out every time you get on the field. Uh, it just is what it is. I mean, you've got to piece it together. At some point in the playoffs, every team that makes it has a guy who, throw, who threw seven innings for them all year, comes out and has an amazing performance. Um, they have some guy who didn't contribute a whole lot, who comes through with a clutch at bat, a clutch play defensively, pitches three shutdown innings. I mean, I remember a few years ago we played uh, Buford down in the playoffs, big game. Um, you know, we were out of pitching. They were out of pitching, okay? The dude they threw out on the mound had thrown three innings all year. He went out and threw a three-hitter against us. And he was really good. Um, i not taking anything away from him, but that's just the way it goes. Like, to win a state championship, you got to have a big performance from somebody who you haven't asked a big performance from all year. It is what it is. Um, and my point about all that is, like, from the outside looking in, I think people look at the wrong things with high school baseball and say, okay, well, their value is coaches the quality of their player whatever is all based on state championship oh he's been i mean here's kenny gray's been there 30 years and never won a state championship wow okay so so that's how we're valuing whether or not he's worth the damn as a coach that doesn't make sense is the goal a state championship absolutely and one day when i'm a head coach somewhere yeah the goal every year is going to be can we win a state championship how many can we win but more importantly like We're going to – you know, it's all about building a premier baseball program in your area, giving your kids the best opportunity to be successful in the classroom, on the field, and in the community. When you look at Florence right now, we offer that at South Florence. We've built that at South Florence. Um, And we'll continue to be that at South Florence. Do I feel like we have a team we win a state championship this year? Absolutely. 100%. Um, This year's team's different. It's the, it's the best I've said this 100 times it's the best team I've ever coached uh, from a team standpoint like as a unit and then just as a bunch of like people who drink from the same water hose have good leadership and stuff like that um yeah this has been the first year that we haven't really had to do a whole bunch of leading as coaches because we've spent all our years leading them up to this moment for them to be able to lead now and they're doing a great job of it everybody. Everybody from the captains to the guys who aren't captains, everybody's carrying the weight from a leadership standpoint. So um, that was just something I wanted to throw out there. It kind of been bugging me since it's a Friday free-for-all. I wanted to get that out. So, and, and it's not anything somebody said. anybody said to me. It's just stuff that I've heard in the past. Like, I think people get confused sometimes about what a good coach looks like in baseball. And um, I just wanted to clear that up sports like baseball and football people confuse a lot of times like what great looks like and yeah in a perfect world yeah the best teams would always win the state championships but that's not the way it works um especially not in baseball so um doesn't change what the goal is doesn't change what we're striving for and all that but it 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 is just like people who aren't baseball people don't understand um i think so Anyways, just a thought so all right so let's jump into um, what I really want to talk about today there was some huge news that came out and I might go off on a tangent here so if anybody follows uh, <clears throat> Kendall on Twitter so Kendall Rogers he's a uh, he's a blue check on Twitter. He's the managing editor of D1 Baseball, um, so it's a big, it's a big uh, publication that follows college baseball. So here's a tweet he threw out on the thirteenth, so that would have been yesterday. Breaking some big news in the recruiting world as the NCAA Division One Council has passed a revamped baseball recruiting model that does not allow any contact to or from a recruit or their family until August 1st of their junior year. Huge news. This is going to be a game changer moving forward. And I'm going to talk about that now because... So, when I got... And, and this really wasn't that big of a thing. So, basically right like now, it was almost like a free-for-all. Like, uh, kids have x amount of visits and all this other stuff but you know a kid can give a verbal commitment as a seventh grader um in fact i think there's been cases where kids younger than that have given verbal commitments to colleges the problem with the verbal commitment is it's just that it's you're committing to go to a school, and there's penalties if you don't fulfill your end of the deal, but there are no penalties from the college standpoint if they don't fulfill their end of the deal. So what you have is you have 13-year-old kids committing to colleges because they project well, and that just opens up a bunch of problems. And I'll talk about those problems now. Problem number one is the fact that a 13-year-old kid shouldn't be making a decision and his parents shouldn't be making that decision at that age. It's too early. The next thing is college coaches shouldn't be offering scholarships to kids at that age because, again, it's too early in the process. You have people who bloom early, you have people who bloom late. Okay, I'm going to use Aiden Palmer as an example. Aiden Palmer's junior year. uh, Now, what he's done from his sophomore year on is noteworthy. The kid's Three hundred and twenty strikeouts, ERA under 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 one. Um, he's going to graduate as arguably the best left-handed pitcher. It's actually not arguable. He's going to graduate as the best left-handed pitcher in South Florence history. Um, you could argue, you could argue the best pitcher in South Florence history that's my argument and that's no knock to any of the people who came before him just think what he's what he's done statistically and what he's done for this program is incredible um but aiden palmer uh wasn't getting the big looks even after the success he was having uh on the field his sophomore junior people say he didn't throw hard enough his off-speed stuff wasn't good enough blah, blah 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 um you know I, I think Coach Preston McDonald saw what he was all about because he jumped in on the process early, and I always will commend him for what he did because he knew what Aiden Palmer was all about. he knew Aiden Palmer um played with a chip on his shoulder he knew Aiden Palmer wanted to prove people wrong because even after what he was doing on the field, people still looked at him and said, "You're not good enough." To pitch in the sec you're not good you're not even good enough to pitch at college of charleston man you're not good enough to pitch at the citadel you're not good enough to pitch at all these places and they didn't say that like come out and say that but what they essentially said by not hopping on a kid who clearly could get out there and get outs, regardless of the fact that he was throwing 84 85 um but he had touched 90 you know at palmetto games and stuff like this like the projectability was there but people weren't, weren't willing to jump on him because they said, you know, there was this arms race of, you know, we only get X amount of scholarships and we've already offered out like, you know, through this class and he doesn't check these boxes. So, you know, he's not a guy that we can give money to and blah, 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 blah. You know, honestly, if I'm being real. I've never been more disappointed with the college baseball environment. I've never been more disappointed with college baseball coaches than I was throughout Aiden Palmer's recruitment. And now that's transferred over to Luke Miller's recruitment. Uh, and even Dylan Weagle's, uh recruitment, if I'm being honest. Uh, because, you know, okay, I'm going to go off on a tangent before I get back on topic. <laughs> It aggravates me a little bit because our job as high school coaches, we don't get to go hand pick who shows up at South Lawrence. Whoever shows up, whether they're a D plus player, a C plus player, a B plus player, A plus player, what whatever they are, our job as coaches is to develop those guys and get them get them to where they need to be, right. I've always prided myself on saying I can take C plus players and get them to play like B plus. If they're an A minus, I can get them to play like an A plus. If they're an F, we can get them to a C minus. Like that's what your job is is, as a coach. You can put them in that position to do that. um, And you can open the door and make sure they have the resources to be successful and everything else. And then as long as you're doing that and they're putting the work in, you should be able to make progress. So, my aggravation with the college baseball environment over the course of the last couple of years from a recruitment standpoint is when a kid looks at the guys that we have on our staff currently, and, I mean, we've got – we don't have a single pitcher under six four who should be playing college baseball next year. Um, when you look at those guys and you don't see projectability and you don't and this is how I take it and I might be taking it the wrong way. So if there's a college coach that's listening to this and you want to correct me on this, please do. Because I get it. There's hundreds there's hundreds of thousands of kids out there that you guys have to recruit. We're talking about three percent of the high school population are guys that are good enough to play college baseball. I get it. And yeah. You know, whatever. You don't have infinite money and infinite time and everything else to to find the diamonds in the rough and blah, blah, blah. But um as a baseball coach, and I'm just a high school baseball coach with limited resources, I know that I can develop kids to be great players. And when you're a college coach with the resources that these colleges have, there's no reason why you what, you can't look at a kid like Aiden Palmer, a kid like Luke Miller, a kid like Dylan Weagle, um, you know, and some of the other great players we have in this area, and you can't look at the intangibles they have and say if i'm a good coach i can i can take that kid from throwing 87 to throwing 94 i can take that kid from having a c plus you know having a my you know an average breaking ball to get him to have a plus breaking ball with everything that's available today especially when you have kids that work the way those kids work okay um that's been the most frustrating thing I've ever experienced. We, one of the greatest disservices I feel, one of the biggest things that have, has really bothered me, and this is something that other people. There's a guy, you know, I played for a guy. Obviously, Coach Grave, I played for a guy named Coach Stephen Dill as well. Um, and Dill, when like if I think a guy's a good pitcher, I'll I'll talk with him first because I want his take because he's a former college pitching coach. Okay, and like we've had some conversations about our guys, so I know I'm not wrong. I'm, I know I'm not wrong in my evaluation of them, um, because I trust his opinion more than I trust anybody else's. But it's just been a disappointment, like the amount of people that chase a number on a radar gun versus believing in their ability to develop a guy. And maybe the landscape of college baseball is different now, so maybe. You know the days of taking a guy who maybe's a B minus but projects like an A plus, and saying, "Hey, it's going to take him a year to get there." Maybe we're, and if if we are, then this is my bad for not understanding us. Because I know there's an arms race out there to get to Omaha every year and get to Grand Junction and and get to the D two World Series and blah blah blah. You know all that. So I know there's an arms race to do that, but I just don't know where we. Shifted from, like, taking a kid like a Michael Roth at South Carolina who ended up being one of the greatest pitchers that they ever had, who won two college World Series and all that, and that dude never threw ever 80, what, 83, 84 miles an hour. Um, He was a project in a lot of ways. A guy like John Taylor who went and, you know, was a setup guy for a national championship team, you know, he was a project, dude. Like nobody was gonna, nobody wanted him out of, out of college outside of tech. I mean, he still threw over the top. I think they may have taken him as a hitter, but somehow he dropped down to the side, turned into a subby, and you know, then he's pitching for a national championship team. But that's somebody who took a risk on him and said, "Hey, dude, let's drop you down submarine and and see what we can do." And and it panned out. I mean, I just I felt like back in the day, if you showed up and you weren't ready to, you know be a dude day one, people still were interested in you because you projected well. And if you were a high character kid with a tremendous work ethic on top of it, um, that was just a bonus. And I th- again, my disappointment has been like as we go across the state and we, we play people, they say, wow, man, that kid's going to Tech? Like, that's a slight, but they're like, did he just not want to go to any of the Power Fives in the state? Well, no, they weren't interested. Um, yeah, and, and, you know, maybe my expectation, my evaluation of kids is off. And if that's the case, I'd be more than happy with somebody to correct me on that. But uh, – and this isn't a knock on college coaches. It's just a for me it was an eye-opening experience and it was disappointing because um, we've got multiple kids on our roster right now who honestly should be playing big-time baseball next year. Um yeah. You know, Dylan Weigel's a division two pitcher, no doubt. Uh Luke Miller's a power five arm. Aiden Palmer's a power five arm. Um you know, the I, I I don't know. Um but the new change in recruiting is is going in my opinion is going to help guys like that to where there's still money available when the door the floodgates open their junior year um a college coach hasn't moved three classes down the line uh and not worried about that class anymore so there's still an opportunity for those dudes to go play somewhere and and their opportunity to play still in front of them like the guys who are on command their opportunity is still in front of them so that's not a problem we're gonna they're gonna They're going to play college baseball. My point is, like, with the change in the recruiting, this is really good for them uh, and good for guys like that who maybe from day one they haven't bloomed when they step foot on campus as freshmen or they're in seventh grade uh, and they haven't thrown an inning of varsity baseball. But, you know, two of their classmates who also haven't played an inning of varsity baseball are now committed to a power five school and they're not any more projectable than this guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's going to eliminate a lot of that. Um, and I went off on a tangent there, so I apologize. But, um, from a pro standpoint, like here's some of the pros of this change. Um, and this is as a high school coach, this is one of my, one of the big things I'm excited about. You know, we lose kids every summer, um, and not, not necessarily at South, but within our community. You look at the high school teams and their junior legion and summer league teams, and you see a lot of kids that were there during high school, but they aren't playing over the summer. And you say, "Well, what happened to this kid? Oh, well, he's a showcase guy." Okay, well this this is gonna this is gonna cut back on some of that because, you know, parents parents historically are, are guilty of hey, man, like, now, 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 like, my kid's got to get committed now because if he's not committed now, there's not going to be any spots left. And there's a part of that that was true. I remember having a conversation with a parent one time, and he's like, man, I'm getting a little nervous because, you know, my son's a sophomore and he's not committed anywhere yet. And, like, you know, starting to, like – I mean, those classes are already filling up. And it's like, dude, like, he's good enough to play college baseball. He's going to get an opportunity to play. But um, my point is, like, now – we can just focus on development with these guys, right? It's not a rat race of, okay, you can't play summer baseball with your high school teammates and continue to develop there because we got to go play in the world wood bat to make sure you're seen by this guy and that guy and these hundreds of coaches and all that as a freshman. That's not as vital anymore, right? Um we can get back to development. We can get get back to making sure that there's not this competition between continuing to play for your high school program over the summer, where you're getting great coach and you're still playing good competition. You're still continuing to build rapport with your guys and all that, and you feel like you have to leave that because you got to go get recruited somewhere. I mean, I get it's as high school coaches gives us an opportunity to get our, bring our guys back into our program over the summer. I'm real excited about that. As a high school coach, there should never be a time where you lose a kid to a showcase program now uh, because if you do, what they're essentially telling you is, as parents, they don't believe in your ability to make the right phone calls, send the right emails, send the right text messages to make sure that their kid's recruited if they're good enough to play college baseball. That's what that's going to tell us moving forward. And that's a that's a battle that I know I'm not ever going to lose because I know what I do in the background to try to make sure our kids who are, who are – have the projectability who can play college baseball we do everything we can to make sure they have those opportunities we reach out to the people we need to reach out to to make sure hey you know remember that kid i sent you a couple years ago hey this kid's right in that same you know he's he's in that same that same conversation he's just as good like we've built rapport over the years because of the quality of the kid that we've sent people um You know, we have rapport in the college community, college coaching community. We have rapport in the scouting community. I mean, you know, it's all there. And this isn't a high school versus travel ball, showcase ball argument. This is just a lot of times when a player looks at you and says, Coach, I'm not playing with you over the summer. I'm going to play for whoever. Um, I'm going to play for a 23-year-old former college baseball player who, you know, like they're looking at that twenty three year old who's just graduated college and finished playing college baseball as more connected and more able to get their kid to the next level than you are. That's a problem right um but I do think with this change, a lot of that's gonna change because really there's not a reason for a bunch of freshmen uh a bunch of freshmen to be going and playing showcase baseball right now in the summer when they could be continuing their development with their high school coaches and their high school teammates um just my opinion. I may we may see um, the exact opposite thing, um, but I, there's a lot of great showcase organizations out there. My buddy Patrick Mency runs a tremendous organization out in Texas, top notch. Corey Welch, uh, part of the Canes program, top notch. Okay, the team that they coach every year, and I, I can't remember what what graduation year it is but it's the best 20 players in that graduating class in South Carolina for the most part um and they're good and they're well coached they're coached by legendary coaches coach Andy Hallett he coaches um, uh, I think a Mavs team over the summer I mean they're great players that's different than going to play for some organization that's got a name and coached by somebody who is questionable or you know whatever like this new change is going to eliminate the bad showcase organizations, and it's going to allow there to be an emphasis put back on the high school programs and back on those young players' development, right? Another thing that's a pro to this, um, this is going to eliminate those scam recruiting organizations out there, right? These people who are like, hey, man, if you pay us $450, uh, we'll consult you on you know how to navigate the recruiting process. We'll do this for you. We'll send this video there. We'll block all that stuff's not necessary, right? Um, I had a kid who had been out of the game for two years, uh, and he was a senior in high school last year. Uh, or sorry, he was a junior in high school last year. He reached out to me on a Saturday one day. And he said, "Hey, coach, I haven't played in a while, but um, I'm thinking about getting back in the game." Some guy with this organization called me and was like wanted $150 to talk to me and my mom about, you know, playing college baseball that he had seen me play, like, you know, a couple weeks before, and, you know, that's trash, man. Like, and there's people that make a living praying off of families who have kids who want to play college baseball but maybe aren't good enough to play college baseball, or even if they are good enough to play play college baseball, maybe they're with – maybe they just don't have the resources to be able to – Uh, know how to navigate the system. They try to prey on them. I get frustrated with high school coaches sometimes because as high school coaches, we shouldn't be putting our kids in situations where they feel like they have to get outside advice on, you know, how to get recruited, what the process looks like. They shouldn't have to do that because you should be taking ownership of that. That's something I, I think we do a good job of South Florence. Um, I can't say the same for everybody. You know, all organizations are there are there people that, you know, we probably missed on over our lifetime, yeah, absolutely. It happens. Um, you know, are there parents who their expectation of their kid is a lot higher than what the reality is? Yeah, absolutely. Um I get frustrated sometimes when like people are like, well, I mean, you think you could get them on at tech and it's like what do you mean do you think we could get them on at tech they're one of the top juco's in the country like they ain't just you don't just pick up the phone and say hey man can you do us a solid and waste a roster spot on this kid like you got to be good you got to put the work in like we're not just you know we love every kid in our program but some kids are great kids who aren't college baseball material um And that's not a knock on him. It's just the reality of the situation. Not everybody can play college baseball. But anyways, you know, this change is going to eliminate those organizations that prey on parents not knowing and prey on, you know, the situations where maybe a a high school coach isn't as involved as he should be in a child's recruitment process. Um, I think it should be a as high school coaches it should be a given that like you put your families and your coach your players through a recruiting seminar every year and um you know you should be having conversations with them at the beginning of every year about okay you know what are your goals like are, are we trying to play college hey you know and let give them honest hey like you know I don't know if you want to play college baseball or not but like you have some abilities to be able to do it if it's something that you're interested in you want to pursue that you know we're going to get on the phone, we're going to send emails, we're going to do all these things to get you ready and make sure that you're getting the appropriate looks. Um, But, you know, for the high school coaches that don't do that, you end up with families who allow these scam recruiters and these scam recruiting advisors, that's what they call them, recruiting advisors, um, to come in and steal money from them um, and, you know, just blast yourself out to 100 people whether they're a quality player or not. And it's just, you know... It's not good. Um, it's it's something that I'm very excited to see those organizations come to an end, and I hope they will. So, uh, I would think that they would have to now, given the fact that like we don't need to pay somebody two hundred and fifty dollars to help our eighth grader be recruited. Um, and it's kind of this is another pro that I wrote down, but it's important to have the right people advising you. Um, so, this kind of like when you you start talking about when you sh- that gum All right. My apologies there. Got a little sidetracked, had some kids, uh, freaking out in the background. So had to pause the podcast. Um, but we're resuming where we left off. So, uh, we were talking about eliminating the scam organizations, on uh, the scam recruiting advisors out there. Uh, this is a great thing for parents, players, uh anybody who's a stakeholder in a kid's recruitment because we're going to stop wasting money on BS that isn't getting them any closer to to the end goal of playing college baseball um some other things like i think for parents and and people investing in these kids like it's important to have the right people advising you um so as part of that advising team you know it's got to be Parents and players, obviously of the kid. Um, but the co- the high school coach's gotta be involved in that process. Uh if you're a parent who has a kid who's good enough to play college baseball and there's not a conversation being had, uh free there's not communication being had from your child's high school coach and them and you on a, you know, somewhat frequent basis about like where we're at, like what's going on. Okay. Here's the schools that we've been in contact with. Like, are there any schools that we haven't contacted you want us to reach out to here's the schools that proactively reached out to us, blah, blah, blah. Like if those conversations aren't being had, it's a good time to have a meeting with, um, meeting with the coaches and the staff just to make sure everybody's on the same page. Um, I'm not a big advisor of coaches and parents meeting about a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, Definitely not mean about stuff like playing time related and stuff like that. But, you know, that's one thing where I think, you know, when you start talking about the future of your child of of your kid and, you know, athletically and academically and stuff like that. That's 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 something that we need to be having a conversation with if it's not happening happening. So, um I just I think the high school coach, I take like us for example, we spend a thousand hours a year with our kids. Um, so if there's anybody who has a good idea of what they're all about, the growth that they've made over the years, um, you know, their projectability and stuff like that, it's their high school coaches. We spend the we spend more time with them than anybody else. Um, so, you know, as part of your advising team, like that's somebody that, I mean, they should be advising you a lot. And if you have good coaches, like good travel coaches, good showcase coaches, they should be advising you as well. And then together, that showcase coach or that travel coach and your high school coach, they should be advising with each other about, okay, um, what do you, what have you done on your end? Okay, here's what I've done on this. Here's the, here's the conversation I've had about this. The problem is like, and I, and I fall in this category sometimes too, because I give the showcase and travel guys a hard time. I preface that by saying there's a lot of really good ones out there. There's some pieces of crap out there, too. And, you know, there's guys that, you know, and there's you know, crappy high school coaches, too. So, I mean, it's a two-way street. But, you know, there's this, like, territory thing where it's like, well, I'm a showcase coach. and You're just a high school coach. So you stay in your lane and I'll stay in my lane. Like But I'm the expert and you're not, like, because I'm the showcase guy. Like, It shouldn't be like that. However, we got to make sure our kids are best prepared to step out in the world and be contributors to society, be good husbands, be good fathers, be great players, be great teammates, be great leaders, whatever. It doesn't matter who helps them get there. Like, we all need to be on the same page and help them get there. Um, So, you know, we should all be advising them together, making sure until somebody proves that they're not capable of doing that, which – if somebody's out of their league on something like that, you'll find out very quickly. Um, so that's a that's a big thing I'm advising you. I think another pro to this is like it puts a lot of it put this puts a big emphasis on going to college camps, and it puts a big emphasis on going to things like your diamond prospect open showcases and stuff like that. I'm a huge fan of diamond prospect the diamondprospects.com. Austin Alexander, Corey, Corey Welch, those guys run a great organization. Okay, They've done a, an amazing, amazing service to high school baseball players in the state. Um, they have two open open showcases a year. If you're interested in playing college baseball, now it's definitely worth it to spend 250 bucks to go make sure you're evaluated. Spend the extra $50 to be honestly evaluated, get a write-up from those guys about the things that – you know, you need to work on what you're, you know what you project as, stuff like that. Take that back to your high school coach. Have a conversation about it. Okay, they said these are college and pro guys who said, I need to work on this. If I do this, I have an opportunity to play this level of baseball, blah, blah, blah. Like, there's bigger – there's a premium on that now um, because you're not out of the game as a junior if you haven't been recruited yet because nobody's been recruited yet with the, the rule change. I mean – don't get me wrong. This is what this is probably going to look like. Every big board for every every high, every college program is going to be stacked full of their 1 through 11, 1 through 20. And the day that, you know, their junior year where they can be contacted, um, they're going to get blown up by school after school after school after school after school. After school. Um, but because it's being done this way, That list is going to have to be substantially bigger for these college programs uh, if they're recruiting out of high school. Now, my guess is with the changes, the transfer portal is going to continue to be a big provider of talent for a lot of the big power five schools because they're not going to they're probably not going to want to get into the rat race of competing with everybody in the top 25 for the top hundred and fifty prospects in the country. They just say, hey man, I'll just go ahead and take a kid that I know's panned out at the college game and we'll go, we'll go get that kid out of the transfer portal. I mean that's gonna happen. Um and the transfer portal will probably get a lot bigger because of it. But that's another topic for another day. Um I just think that, you know, for the late bloomers and stuff like that, the people who maybe flew under the radar in the past because the 2023 class was full in 2021 because they packed it full of guys when they were in seventh grade uh, who hadn't played an inning of varsity baseball yet, like, that's not, it's not going to be the same way anymore. So I think you're going to see, like, a rebalance again of, like, okay, we went from, you know, 10 guys that we had to get to, dude, we got to expand this list to 50 guys because there's a good chance we're only going to get two or three of our top ten. Uh, so we're going to have to start reaching down to number 11 through 50 to make sure we fill out our recruiting class. And that's a good thing for guys who maybe in the past would have been overlooked. A guy like an Aiden Palmer who didn't hit 93 till his senior year, but it was in there. He didn't hit 93, so none of the power fives were in on him until this year. You know, somebody like Luke Miller who had a surgery, uh, had some injuries along the way, and... You know, people are like, well, you know, I don't, I don't know, man. We're pretty full for that twenty three class, and you know, we're full. You know, hey, let's see how he pans out. Let's see how he comes. Like now, like if this was you know, next year, in my opinion, he it's like okay, well, he's in a little bit better spot now because you know they're probably still actively trying to fill that class. Um, but anyway, so that's just those are some of the pros. There's some cons in this too. Now, okay. Because anytime you add additional people to a scenario, things get a little muddy. So in the past, we send a text to a college coach, hey, you know, or they send you a text, hey, man, um, could you send me Palmer's number? where you got, or whoever, we send me Miller's number. What you got on Miller? Anything I need to know? Okay, I'm going to reach out to him. Or okay, have him reach out to me at this time, this day, you know, whatever, like. Now college coaches can't do that. And we can't proactively do that till their junior year. So my guess is what's probably gonna happen is people are gonna skirt around the rules a little bit and there'll be a middle person in the process trying to relay messages and and stuff like that. That's how I envision it happening. It may not happen that way, but my guess is that's how it happened. And anytime you add another person to a communication, things get real muddy and confusing and and everything else. So that's that's an unintended consequence of that. Um, the other unintended consequence, I think, was I think I just brought that up a second ago. Is I think this kind of will shift a lot of programs more towards you know looking for immediate needs out of the transfer portal instead of rolling the dice with you know, hey, do we how certain are we that we can get that kid when you got Vanderbilt calling South Carolina Clemson uh you got texas you're gonna have all these people calling on one guy on the same day and it's gonna be a rat race when the you know who's gonna make that first phone call who's gonna reach out first who's gonna have the first contact okay who's how are we gonna make sure we have the last contact so we know exactly what everybody else wanted to talk about you know it's it's gonna be crazy like these i saw somewhere on the internet they talked about like my argument to it was like 7th, 8th, 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth graders, 10th graders even. They're too young to be having these conversations and making these big decisions. Um, But now it's like, now we're going to ramp up the pressure to this process. This is unintended consequence and a con because now they're going to be juniors. They're going to be like, okay, I don't have a lot of time to make a decision. This big D1 school just called. I had five of them call. They're all giving me three days to make a decision. Like, what do I do? Where do I go? Haven't been on a visit yet. Haven't done this. Haven't done that. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. So it's, it's an unintended consequence. So there, yes, there's a chance that, you know, these juniors in high school make the wrong decision. Um, but at the same time, that's a consequence that they had when they were committing as seventh graders too, because maybe as a seventh grader, you're not in the same spot that you're at when you're 18 years old and, and you're going off to college and you've matured and you've done all these other things. Um, this was a pro that I meant to bring up too, and this doesn't happen all the time. This certainly has happened in the past. Kid gets a commit gets a gets a ver gives a verbal commitment as a seventh or eighth grader. How often do you see those kids still around the game by the time they're a freshman in college? or you see them but they're they're you you don't see them because they don't play and then they're out of the program any year like some of those dudes they lose their ability depend they lose their their work ethic they gain fifty pounds. Um they don't they don't pan out from a projectability standpoint. I mean, there's i I'm just being real. There's kids that have signed this year, or not signed, but committed this year to power five programs that I'm like, yeah, I don't see that one. Now there's some where I'm like, okay, that dude is a freshman, he's checking a lot of damn boxes. But there's other people like even on the same thing, I'm like, what, that dude's going where? what did they see in that kid that I'm not seeing for him to be that level of baseball worthy as a, as a eighth grader, you know, doesn't make sense. I know it's all about projectability, but some of those kids, they don't even, they don't check any of those boxes, but, uh, and that's nothing against the kid. I'm just saying like this, that's just where we're at. I mean, it's, um, it happens, but anyways. All right. So, that's kind of my take on all that um i'd be interested to get some opinions on that from other people anybody who listens who maybe has a different take on this shoot me a shoot me a twitter message send me an email shoot me a text um whatever because you know i i'm not i don't necessarily think that I, i just i'm viewing this as a massive plus for college baseball and high school baseball players not a negative i think I've looked on the internet. Some people are like, this is a terrible idea. But for me, I think this is going to level the playing field again. I think it's going to clean up a process that's been broken for a long time. I mean, softball softball does it has been doing it this way for years. Um, and it seems to work for them. And it'd just be nice to see baseball be on a more level playing field. And and I think it would help everybody. It help parents out. It would help kids out. It helps college coaches, high school coaches, Uh, The only person that's going to screw is your scams out there, your scam recruiters, your scam recruiting advisors, your bad showcase organizations. I mean, it's going to hurt them because if I'm the parent of a 13-year-old who's a rising eighth grader at Southside, and I've got this coach saying, well, you need to come play showcase baseball or travel ball with us, like, why would I do that when I could go play with my kids' high school teammates and their high school coaches? This is all assuming you have a good high school program with good high school coaches who are invested in the kids and do it the right way. I, I always say this like assuming that because I know what we do at South Florence. I know what we're all about. Um, but – I think it's a win-win for everybody. Now a kid's not going to feel like, well, I'm playing for my high school program, so now I feel like I'm missing out on opportunities to play in, you know, Georgia and Florida and go to this world would bat and this and that and everything else when maybe they weren't part of an organization that really should have been in one of those events anyway. So. I don't know. It's just my opinion. If you disagree, let me know. Um, I'd love to talk about it because, again, this is new to everybody. This is like just hot off the press breaking news. Um, My opinion is not the only right one in the world. I I think it's the right opinion for me anyways. Uh, It'll be, you know, that's the opinion I'm going to share with our kids. Like when they start talking about like, what should I do? I mean, most of our kids play with us over the summer, but, um, you know, when parents are, players start asking like, Hey, should, what should my kid do? Should I, they play, you know, Sandlapper baseball this summer or American Legion, or should they play for the Spartans or, you know, whatever. Like, you know, I think this gives us some guidance now. And A lot of times, I mean, that's going to be based on where they are in their recruitment journey and what their, all that stuff is. But I'm always going to lean on the side of you should play with your high school program, your high school coach. Cause again, like those guys should be helping you get recruited. Um, I think most of them do, but, anyways, that's all I got. I'm going to cut the grass. We're gonna go stripe it up and get it ready for Tuesday. Um, it was a good spring break. I hope everybody had a safe, had safe travels, had some time off, got able, got were able to unwind and relax, and and uh, hopefully to all my college, my high school coaching buddies out there, no issues with you know arrest or. Uh, anything like that. So um, Bruins are back in action on Tuesday at the house, 6.30 p.m. First pitch, it'll be Aiden Palmer versus, I don't know, maybe Ryan Cassetti, a little right-hander over there at West, nasty breaker, really good, really good player. It might be Cooper Coleman, maybe it's Peyton Rogers, who knows. It's going to be a good week of baseball, though. If you live in this city, And you don't have anything going on. South Florence High School, 6.30 Tuesday night. Or West Florence High School, Friday night, 6.30. Uh, If you want to see Aiden Palmer throw, it'll be Tuesday night. Um, That would be a good one to come to. I think everybody should see that kid throw one time just because it's different. And you can learn a lot from watching guys like that throw. But come see us. Come support our guys. The playoff run begins. Uh, we're in the, the final half of the season here, and this is where everything is ramped up. We work hard all year for this moment right here. Uh, last two weeks of the season all the way into hopefully the last week of May, and that playoff run starts uh, next Tuesday, 96-30. So come out and see us. Uh, if I can help you with anything, text me, call me, email, tweet, Whatever, um, I appreciate every single one of y'all for taking time, spending it with us, listen to things I have to say, listen to my opinion, whether you think it's right or wrong, whatever. Uh, couldn't do it without you guys. Uh, I can't believe the amount of support we've got on this program. I promise we're going to get back to releasing at least two a week. It's just been hectic the last couple of weeks. But um, remember, if you don't learn anything from me, I do want to make sure you learn one thing. Our job as people is to leave this world better than we found it. How do we have to do that? Making positive impact on people one thought at a time, one idea at a time, one action at a time, one whatever. Okay, Find a way to leave this world better than you found it. If you're a coach, inspire people. Impact people's lives in a positive way. If you're a parent, raise the bar high for them. If you're a teammate, be the best teammate in the world. Have a positive impact on the guys that are following you. Okay. Everybody, if everybody does their part to make this world, leave this world better than we found it, we can get this country and this world back to where it needs to be. Okay. A country that we're proud to be in, a country we're proud to live in, uh, and all that. So leave it better than you found it. Please continue to follow, like, subscribe. And the number one thing you can do is share it with a friend. If you hear something that you like, share the episode with a friend. Tell them, hey, listen to this. You don't even have to listen to the whole thing. Listen to listen from minute 40 to minute 43. And then if you like that, go find another episode that hits on a topic that you really like. Um, there's a lot of power. And if you watch like the YouTube videos, clicking the like button and subscribing, that's big. If you follow on Apple podcast, follow the, the, uh, podcast. If you listen on Spotify, click follow. Cause it helps me when you follow, it helps me see the analytics on it. So I know, okay, uh, we've got people in this area, this age, Okay, they listen for this long. It gives us a ton of analytics that if you don't subscribe, if you don't like, we don't see it. So um, that's my one ask. I appreciate anything you got. Number one, I appreciate you just listening. But if you can just do that for me, I would appreciate that a ton. So, But that's all I got. So until next time, be cool and go Bruins. See ya.